you're listening to Geek Jabber Live, the show where the main host has a face for radio and a voice for silent movies. Strap yourselves in and dial up the disappointment. Welcome to Geek Jabber Live. Yes, we've made it to episode number 13 of Geek Jabber Live. And just like it's, uh, just like the unluckiness of the number 13, we had to, uh, quickly botched together a couple of technical issues at the start of the show, but we're here, we're live, it works again, S- stuff. So, we're, <laughs> so we're, we've got a two-person show, so we've got uh, me, Tim, over in the red corner, and over in the blue corner, we've got Nick. Oh, I'm glad uh, you put me in the blue corner. <laughs> <laughs> no, good to be here. Yeah, so... Um, so today we'll be discussing the uh, interesting topic of alternative operating systems. So, yeah. so, so, Some, so something I've had a, a lot, uh, a lot to do with over the last, uh, say, five years or so. Yes. Yeah, so it's um, so people will be familiar normally with um, with both Windows and Macintosh because that's what people tend to use. Um, there are other options out there that uh, that are available. Some people would actually um, push it on you a little bit too much, but um, they're they're out there. You've probably heard of them. Uh, the big one we're going to be talking about today is Linux because that seems to be the major alternative operating system. That's right. Yeah. I guess uh, people, uh, and look, I, I'm in this camp, certainly. Um, I started looking for an alternative since Windows 7 um, essentially became end of life. Uh, I, I use Windows 10 and Windows 11 at work and, and unfortunately have been sort of forced down that path. Um, but at home, I, I refuse to use it. And I, I think there's a lot of users in that same uh, camp as well. Yeah, well, um, one thing I sort of want to bring up because I think um, people do sometimes rush into testing some of this stuff out without really understanding what it means. So there are there are advantages and disadvantages of staying with Windows and Linux. Um, yeah. There are, uh, well, sort of staying with the Windows and there's the same thing can be said of macOS and Linux. Um, so I think we should perhaps look at sort of first up why you want might want to investigate switching to something else or testing something else out. Um, so, um, yeah. so I know... So, I know Look, for me, I guess the big push was I completely hated, and I still do, I hate the Windows 10 interface. I think they've really made a dog's breakfast of it. Um, others may disagree, uh, and it, it all comes down to personal preference at the end of the day. And I think, Tim, you mentioned on uh, something at the very start of the show is when you speak to people, particularly those in the Linux community uh, on forums or on the internet, uh, everyone has their own opinion, and everyone seems to want to force their favourite distro down everyone else's throat. Um, I, I think the best advice I can give anyone who's considering switching Windows and they're not uh, uh, they're not willing to go over to the Apple uh, ecosystem, so they're they're going to be obviously looking at uh, things like Linux distributions. 
um, is test them out for yourself. Don't just go off someone's word because, uh, like assholes, everyone's got <laughs> got their own opinions on on what's yeah. you know yeah. what's quote unquote right. Um, ultimately, the right distribution for you is the one that does the what you want it to do, yeah, um, yeah. regardless of anyone else's opinion. Yeah, and I think um, sort of as a starting point, just because people sort of make reference to Windows a lot, um, or sort of make reference to Linux rather, doesn't mean you necessarily have to switch. If you're perfectly happy with Windows or Mac or whatever you're using now, don't feel like you have to switch. Absolutely. And uh, the way, but I, what I'd recommend people do before you start investigating another operating system, ask yourself why you're doing it. The why is the big question. So, so yeah. So for me, I I use both. My primary operating system is still Windows. I bring up like I have a couple of virtual machines that are Linux that I use for particular projects. So I sort of sit with both. Um, there are times when you might want to test it out of curiosity. That's fine. If you think um, something else might more closely match the way you like to work, which is, I think, what you were alluding to when you say you moved to Linux on your home machine, it's fine to have a uh, uh, look. So, you know, if you've got a reason, that's fine. If it's because your ex-wife's neighbor's uncle's dog has blurted a whole heap of crap at you and um, you think it's a good idea, you might just want to make sure you understand what you're getting yourself into. Exactly. Before yeah. before you actually get a, you switch it over. That's right. And, and that comes back to what I was saying about everyone's opinion. You know, there are, there are people out there that are quick to criticise someone's choices, you know. Uh, and it's not just, you know, computing. You see it all the time, you know. Uh, People are biased towards a particular car or, yeah, you shouldn't buy that one, you should buy this one. Um, ignore all that noise. Um, if, if you have a reason to switch or if you have a reason to start looking at switching, then absolutely, go nuts. Um, I guess what we want to discuss today is, you know, highlight that there are alternatives apart from Windows and apart from Apple app, uh, uh, Mac OS. Um, so there are alternatives to those two. Neither of them are going anywhere. Um, Windows will be around probably longer than I'm going to be alive, and, and Mac OS is probably going to be the same. So, but if there are those users out there that are looking at something else, they're not happy with Windows, um, then there are some really good alternatives out there. What I would suggest to people when they're first starting to dip their toe into the Linux um, into the Linux world, have a look at distrowatch.com. That, that's probably a really good resource to start. Uh, it gives you a lot of information about the various distributions, and there are stacks of them. There, um, there are some very, very small distros that you know hardly anyone uses, um, but then there's your mainstream ones. Yep. Yeah, well, that sort of goes into my next point of, if you are investigating it, you know, how do you choose the one that's right to you, for you? Uh, yeah, uh, look, I'd, pro I'd probably honestly look at the maybe the top five, uh, the top five or top ten distros. Um, and and at the, at the moment, it's MX Linux, and I've used MX Linux uh, previously. It's pretty good. Um, I've used Manjaro as my daily driver uh, for years up until recently. Uh, I'm currently evaluating Pop OS, which is in the top five. 
uh, and Mint is also an excellent uh, a choice as well. They're all very easy to install. You can download them. They're all free, by the way. You don't have to pay for them, uh, unlike Windows. Uh, and you can run them directly off a USB flash drive too. So you don't need to erase your hard disk or you know even impact your current installation in any such way uh, to try it out. You can run it completely independently off a USB flash drive, test it out, demo it out, have a poke around, see what it looks and feels like. Uh, and then if you choose to install it uh, onto your primary hard drive, then, then you've got that option as well. Yeah, and I think um, the point I was going to make as well, I tend to settle on Ubuntu for a lot of my stuff. Partly that's because it's the distribution I'm most familiar with. Yeah. But partly it's because you know, it's it's got a lot of mainstream support, so it's one that you know, people are going to know. It's one that's very well documented um, because... No, no, that's fairly important for me, having that documentation there. Um, I can usually find something, because my Linux knowledge is not as strong as my Windows knowledge, um, having that documentation there as a reference point to say, this is how you do something is important for me. Um, so so that would be something to consider as well. How well supported is it? What is the documentation like? So when you're poking around and you need to find out how to do something, having that documentation there is going to make it easier for you. Yeah, 100%. And look, there's plenty of online support as well. Um, Ubuntu is another big one that you mentioned. Excellent support. is very uh, constantly kept up to date. Uh, it's certainly a very good alternative there. Um, I guess the thing I want to point out with Linux too is if you think of Linux as a shell, um, a lot of them, such as Ubuntu, Mint, Pop! OS, like all those big ones, they come... Um, they, they come packaged with what, what, what are called window managers. Now, essentially, all that is is what your computer looks like or what the desktop looks like, what the menus and all that look like. Those can be changed. So if you don't like um, the window manager that comes with Ubuntu or, or Mint, yeah, you can install a different one with a completely different look and feel, uh, but under the hood, it's, it's still the same operating system. Um, so there are, there are options, whereas unlike with Windows or, or Mac, you're stuck with that 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 desktop. Yeah, you can change the wallpaper and the colours and that sort of thing, but that's not what we're talking oh, about. We're talking oh, about yeah. I mean, yeah. there there are still some options with Windows. So I, I, there is the uh, the um, company that I sort of mentioned when I wrote the Windows 11 reviews that allows you to give a Windows 10 or a Windows 7. Yeah. 7. But yeah, it's not quite the same level of flexibility that you get with um, Linux. No, that's right. Um, and look, as I said before, it's just a matter of jumping on, downloading, uh, you know, a couple of distributions, test them out, see how they, they run, especially, and it's important to, to make sure that they run on your hardware too. Um, I know that in the past, uh, NVIDIA graphics cards tended to be uh, quite painful when it came to support with Linux, and sometimes it took a little bit of um, stuffing around to get them to work. But even they've come a long way. Uh, the the drivers ha have gotten quite good, uh, and and for the most part, they're ready to go right out of the box. You really don't need to get technical and start messing around with too much. It, it steps you through the install, um, and you know you're pretty much ready to rock the, yeah. the moment you've installed yeah. it. And, and one thing you mentioned was the sort of booting off a USB drive, flash drive. 
um, which is one way of testing it out. As you say, you can just boot off the USB drive and you can play around with it without having to wipe out your hard drive. That's right. Um, the alternative me uh, method, and I touched on this at the start, is what's known as virtualization. So I have a couple of Linux virtual machines that basically come up as Windows on my uh, on my main operating system. That is another way of actually doing it as well, if you're comfortable setting up a virtual machine. Yeah, so you can download uh, VirtualBox, which is free, uh, if you want to start playing around with virtual machines. Um, I, I mean, that is starting to get towards more of the advanced uh, user um, or sort of outside the scope of what we're talking about today. Um, but yeah, it's certainly an option. It's very flexible. Um, some of the listeners... <laughs> Sorry, just choking on stuff. Some of your listeners out there might uh, have heard of React OS. Now, React OS was a, uh, a distribution or an operating system um, that tried to close, or it, it closely mimics Windows. Um, and it was, it's quite old. I believe the first release came out, uh, it was in the late 1990s, I think about 1998, uh, React OS sort of uh, came out. Um, and back then, we're talking about... Um, it had That's the not feel yeah, it had a very old Windows look and feel. Um, there hasn't been a lot of development made in React OS. I know there is a current version that came out about four months ago. Uh, I haven't used it. I can't vouch for it. I would just suggest that, you know, maybe if you're looking at something alternative to Windows, then, you know, push that boundary. Like, you know, sort of come outside of your comfort zone. Um, because things like React OS, yes, it might have the look and feel of Windows, but... If it's not being updated and the support's not there, you might find yourself uh, running into issues later, um, particularly with hardware support and things like that. So, my advice is test out some of the, the you know the top five or ten uh, distributions that are out there. Uh, they're all very good. They're all free. Um, they're they're very well supported. And on that point of testing things out, I think there's one more point that perhaps needs to be made with is um, you're not going to be able to natively run your normal Windows software. Uh, there are there there are things like Wine that'll allow you to do it, but it can be a bit of stuffing around. Sometimes it's quite sort of easier to just find open source alternatives. So yeah. Libra offerings instead of Microsoft offers. Um, but the other point to make is, while those might be available um, and the feature set might be the same, now the way that you might use them might be a little bit different. So, you, so you Yeah. And look, switching, making such a dr drastic change, such as dropping Windows, um, it's going to come with some teething problems. Not problems in the sense that things don't work necessarily, but you might have to change the way you work or change the software that you're using. Um, yes, you're right. You can you can emulate and run and install Windows uh, applications through something like Wine, um, which is a good alternative for software that you do need to use, and there are no alternatives. Uh, but for things like mainstream op Office applications, um, instead of Microsoft Office, you'd be looking at something like LibreOffice, which is actually bundled with quite a lot of distros as well. 
Um, I actually prefer LibreOffice to Microsoft Office, to be honest. It, it reminds me more of the Office that it used to be back in the early 2000s, not, not in terms of features, but the way that you know you can find options in the menus, like they're all in a logical place. Um, you, d you don't have that silly ribbon thing that Microsoft introduced. Um, but they're both backwards compatible. So Microsoft uh, Office can read LibreOffice documents uh, and vice versa. So you can edit and read Microsoft Word documents in LibreOffice Writer, for example. And I use it as my daily driver. I'm constantly taking things to and from work. It's not a problem. Uh, if you're into graphic design, um, you might look at something like GIMP instead of Adobe Photoshop. So there are alternatives, definitely. Yes, but on that point, when you're testing it, because of that different software, you'll want to make sure that for the stuff you do every day, you're comfortable with the options that you've got. That's right. But look, for the most part, if you're, if you're just you know, playing a couple of games or browsing the internet, all your software that you're familiar with, like Firefox, um, you know, Steam, even Discord, they're all available for Linux natively. So you don't have to dump them. They're all there. They all do the same thing. Uh, and they they have the same the same buttons are in the same places. Do you know what I mean? So it's you know there there are um, a massive massive number of applications that are written for both Linux and Windows and even Apple. Yeah, so um, it's just a case of making sure you thoroughly test to make sure it does what you want. Yeah, and before you dive in and actually change it. That's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I mentioned Steam, and, and for those that are listening that are, that are gamers and do play games, uh, Linux gaming has actually gotten quite good, uh, especially in the last 6 to 12 months. The support for games on Linux is has really, really come... Well, to be honest, I, I haven't found a game yet. Like, I'm not a massive gamer, I, admittedly, but I do play some games, and I haven't come across anything that doesn't run on Linux. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I, I found a few when I tested, but um, yeah. uh, I think that's a mix of they're not they're not yet compatible with Linux, yes. and perhaps because I was virtualizing rather than running it on bare metal. Quite possibly, yeah. So, you know, then you might have to tweak some options in Steam to get things to run. Um, but that, and that might be something that you want to test as well. So the games that you do play, um, see if they install and load on Linux. And if they do, happy days. You might actually find that they run faster in some cases. Yeah. But I think sort of as a final wrap-up, um, we've been focusing a lot on Linux. And you've also mentioned React OS. Uh, there are other ones that are perhaps not as mainstream, so things like BSD um, that you might come across as well that are sort of similar but um, do things their own way as well. That's right, yeah. So you do have uh, FreeBSD, uh, which is very Linux-like. It looks like Linux, operates uh, very similar to Linux. Um, I would suggest for your listeners, FreeBSD is probably not something you're going to be looking at for a desktop or a laptop um, platform. It, it is very much geared towards uh, servers and an embedded applications. That's not to say you can't run it. Um, it will take quite a bit of work, though, to get it to a stage where it's usable. Um, with a desktop environment and things like that. So there are alternatives. I would suggest if, if, if Linux, if you're looking for an alternative and Windows and Mac aren't your thing and Linux is just a little bit too hard, you might look at, um, you know, 
Android. To be honest, everyone walks around with pretty much a computer in their pocket these days. Um, most Android phones or tablets, you can connect, connect them up to a, a docking station uh, with external monitors, keyboards, mice, the lot. So you're not just necessarily stuck with, you know, the old school uh, desktop or a laptop computer. Um, you can quite comfortably do a lot of things using uh, mobile phones and tablets these days. Yeah, and that's an absolutely fair point because pretty much everyone has got got one now and I perhaps wouldn't use it for a high-end PC. No. But for just general purpose, if you're general purpose computer usage, you could do worse. That's right. If, if the bulk of what you're doing is in within a web browser, so Firefox or Chrome or whatever it is that you're using, then something like an Android tablet might actually fit the bill for you. If you're not doing things like video editing or graphics editing and, you know, those in intensive things. Or, you know, if you, you might not even be a gamer, you just need a web browser and maybe a basic uh, office suite, um, you know, you can get all that on Android. Yeah, so, yeah, that's sort of a final point because to wrap up on. Um, it's the, the one thing that uh, I can't... I kind of miss and I kind of wanted to test out more was like I, I was previously a Windows mobile user and the one thing that they adopted sort of towards the end of their life, which I don't think many other people are doing yet, they actually had a dock specifically designed to essentially turn it into a uh, desktop PC. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so very few. There, I think some of the other manufacturers are just starting to do that now. So it is entirely possible, depending on what device you have. Um, so it's just something that Microsoft did, and Android, as you point out, is is starting to sort of do a little bit more now. Yeah, definitely. Look, it's just a matter of experimenting. Um, as I said previously, Linux is free. It costs nothing to test. It costs nothing to use. So you've got really nothing to lose. Um, if you find it, it's, it's, it's too much, um, you know, maybe jump on one of the forums. Uh, that, you know, most of them have their own forums. Or you can jump on something like um, the EV blog forum. There's a bunch of people on there that know uh, Linux and can help you. Um, but my suggestion would be just stick it out, like give it a try. Uh, I was a Windows user from day one. Um, you know, I, I started off using Windows uh, 3.0 and have pretty much used every version of Windows ever since then. So I grew up on Windows and DOS and I know how hard it is. Uh, to be fair, after using Linux for the past five or six years, I haven't looked back. I, I absolutely love it. And, um, you know, going back to work and using Windows 10 and 11, it's it's painful. It really is painful. My my mind has been changed. Yeah, well, I'm still primarily a Windows user, um, and that'll probably remain so for a while. But I also use Linux, so I sort of live in both worlds, as I mentioned before. So you can even sort of have have a foot in both camps and have it work. Yeah, absolutely. And there are people out there that dual boot. Uh, so, you know, they might boot into Windows for certain things, but also then boot into Linux for, you know, other things. So th that's an option too. Um, but for, you know, your more basic or intermediate home users, uh, you'd probably just stick with one or the other. Yeah. But anyway, I think it's about time to uh, 
call it a show. So thank you for joining us and for persevering through our technical issues. <laughs> Not a worry at all. Thanks for yeah, having me. Yeah. So we might need to um, sort of fix a few more for, ne for next show, but I'll do it when I haven't come just come off a 12-hour shift. <laughs> Always fun. Okay. And I and think I we'll uh, call that one a wrap. Cool. Catch you next time.